25th Line, Mike Todd here, in arena host for your Columbus Blue Jackets, and you're listening to the Subjectively Speaking Podcast. And now, here's Jeremy Paul and Laura Norman. What is up, everyone? And for the 150th time, welcome into Subjectively Speaking. My name is Jeremy. And I'm Laura. And that is just so incredibly hard for me to believe that we've done this 150 times. And I know there is one lost episode somewhere in the void. So there's technically, we've done this 151 times, but this is the 150th time that we've sat down to, to record this show and to do this stuff. And I think in at least 50 of them, we've been happy. <laughs> when we go to record, I think in at least 50, we've had a good time. Yeah, I, I I think a solid a solid fifty. We've had a good time. I, I mean, know what our what our record is coming into recording. Like I I feel like it's not great. Like what our like what our mood is going into recording, or no, like what our content is to talk about going into no, recording. No, no, I just mean like our record in terms of like did the jackets like lose the last game that we. Are talking like yeah, you know I mean, like I know we um, talked about all eighty-two games, so I guess technically the record is just whatever the eighty-two game record is. But I mean specifically, like immediately the game before a recording, because we talk about this all the time. Where like <laughs> the Jackets will win two games, we go to record, and they've lost the game on the night that we record, and it's just not as fun. But but uh, yeah, I mean they did that again, so we'll talk about that a little bit. But but Laura, just like. 150 times we've done this. What are just like your like overwhelming feelings? Like what what's like what's the thing that's like getting it to you about it? I think it's it's crazy that we've done it 150 plus times because there we do have a lost episode somewhere. Um, but yeah, I think I mean I think I felt this way at every single one of our milestones that like if you would have asked us when we decided to start speaking into the void in January of 2021 um, and the thought that we would have both of us combined with our undiagnosed and diagnosed ADHD and, you know, just crazy lives in general that we would have made it this far and done as many cool things as we have I don't think, I think we both would have laughed. I think we both would have been like, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> I know. Especially but. like I, it's that part, right? It's the ADHD for me. I, <laughs> uh, I can't fathom the fact that somehow, some way we just like haven't forgotten at any point. Well, I think um, probably a downside for you is that I decided to hyperfixate on this opportunity. You have, yeah, but that's so. that has been helpful. That has been really helpful. I'm nervous for when your life gets busy, and <laughs> and then and then we're both going to flailing. I think though that we're in the pro in the problem state of that. Like this has become such a crucial part of my life that like the hyperfixation is just going to like potentially amp up. Oh, good to know. Noted. And taking note of that, making making sure that I'm aware of it. Yeah, I mean, so you may start to hate me when I'm busy and very adamant that we continue going. We're not stopping, people. Don't worry. No, no, absolutely not. 
Yeah, we're recording this episode right now in the morning on Tuesday because we we did a live stream for the Hockey Podcast Network last night and both of us were just like exhausted. And that felt like a win to me. It felt like a win that we both were like, we're tired. Maybe let's do it tomorrow. (laughs) That was a win. But I do recall telling you because we we did consider recording this immediately after Mm -hmm. um, the, the live last night and... It just, it was a, a, a lot of um, effort to carry an almost three hour live broadcast entirely because the game was so boring. So we had to, yeah, <laughs> we had to true. just physically um, carry every person that was viewing our, our YouTube watch party last night because there wasn't much to go over when it came to the game. So. No, not quite. I mean, the first period was exciting and chaotic. We'll talk about it. But after that, yeah, it just was like us trying to keep people somewhat entertained. <laughs> and we did have fun. We did have fun. We had a lot of great people that came to, to the watch party and were interacting with us. And some people that came back from when we were do- we did this mm-hmm. last season. So um, some people very interested in the state of our dynamic um yeah and whatnot we had, we had some shippers which was a time it was a time it was a time but if okay. you want some hilarity you can go and look at the comments in on the, the youtube yeah, on the true. youtube you would, on the youtube you would, to, you would be able to find those and just understand the the um what jeremy had to navigate through because as i said before i don't look at the youtube comments because I'm a fragile human being, so I cannot. Okay, they're all very nice comments. And if you're coming here from having left those comments or having read those comments, hi, we still love you. Hello. You'll you'll figure it out if you're sitting (laughs) down for a second. (laughs) You'll you'll understand. (laughs) It will come to you. And if it doesn't, I mean, you can... Don't ask us publicly, because that's (laughs) just... You know, shoot us a DM on Twitter and we'll explain it. it to you. But, but, but yeah, so Laura, on to the not fun part. Things are just not great uh, in Blue Jackets land since we last talked. The Jackets played Boston and now they've played Dallas and they're getting ready to play Philadelphia, which is. Uh, you know, we talked a little bit before recording about how the NHL schedulers really just didn't care about when subjectively speaking releases because they play both on Tuesday and Friday this week. So we've got to like really pump them out uh, and hope that people listen before the games. But, but yeah, so I mean, just a, a lot of the same, like I don't have anything insightful. Like that's the worst part, right? Like that's the piece of this, like we're in that like, middle piece i mean there's been a lot of stuff happening with the jackets just in terms of like injuries and like figuring some stuff out but like in terms of like what's happening on the ice like it's been pretty consistent in the sense that like the last few games come out strong like there's a little bit of energy there and then it just kind of turns into flubber yeah in the second and the third period and that was true in boston that was true in against dallas and I don't know what my analysis – I mean, we're going to talk about, like, the new lines and we're going to talk about, like, the injuries and all that kind of stuff. That's probably the storyline of all of this. And But other than that, like, the commentary that I have on the game doesn't really 
exist. Right. There's nothing really to talk about as far as like their gameplay or anything of that nature. It's essentially just been multiple games of heavy keep away. Like not so much. I mean, there'll be moments of amped up effort to try and score a goal, but most of the time they're just simply trying to keep the other team from scoring, which is, I guess, fine, except for the fact that two full periods of trying to do that makes them exhausted by the third period, and then they leave their goaltender, which has been Daniil Tarasov the last three games, out to dry and can no, no longer have the energy to defend him. And so, yes, we've kept the other team at bay for 40 minutes, but then in those last 20 minutes and most of the time in the last week and a half, the last 10 minutes, things just completely fly off the handle. And we've scored, what, four goals in the last four games? Or is it five? Well, by the grace of <laughs> Ken Johnson, um, four goals in the last four games. Zero against Florida, one against Tampa, two against Boston, one against Dallas. So five goals in the last four games. Oh, no, you said zero against Florida. Sorry. Yeah. It's early. It's <laughs> like, I don't think so. <laughs> and by early, it's 8.55. And... I know that's breath. not early for most, but my life I, is chaos. I don't take a meeting at work before 10 for this exact reason. So, but so yeah, so it's not exactly like the Blue Jackets have been like high scoring in the last week and a half or so, um, which is a little bit even unusual for this kind of garbage fire of a season because we have had much higher scoring games we've also lost much higher scoring games but right it's just there hasn't been the adjustment or the like necessary change to reflect our current circumstances and it's literally just doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And I don't understand how we think that that is going to happen. And now as of yesterday, the injury (laughs) curse has struck once again in in full force, force, three players in one day um, with the loss of Boone Jenner, who, I guess kudos to him for playing two full games with a broken thumb. I have some thoughts and feelings about that that we can talk about. Because right. I don't think it's kudos. I'm like actually, like it, it, it's actually stupid. I don't think it is. I don't think it is either, but let me finish the injuries and then you can. Yeah. Um, so Boone's out. He has to have surgery on said broken thumb and is out for four weeks. Uh, Cole Sillinger, who got injured in the Boston game, is day-to-day, so who knows how long. And then last night, uh, Igor Chinnikov just got straight rolled up on um, with what looks like a potential knee injury. And we should find out more information later on today in regards to how long he's going to be out. So... 
Well, let's pivot to the boon conversation because we haven't talked about this. This is going to be interesting because we haven't said anything about this off of the air. So I'm interested to know your thoughts. Mm. Why was he playing with a broken thumb? Like, if the Jackets were a playoff team and they needed the wins and all that kind of stuff, I get it. But this is a guy who, like, is not exactly not injury prone. Correct. And thumbs are important. Uh, Especially when you're the the lead face-off person. Yeah, I mean, Brad Larson, like, saying, like, we were trying to, like, limit his face-offs and all that kind of stuff. It's like, but for how long? Like, were you just hoping that his thumb was going to heal okay? Like, I, it doesn't make sense to me. I get the hockey players are the kind that are like, I'm going to grit it out. I'm going to rub some dirt on it. And I appreciate that. I mean, I played football for eight years. I played with plenty of broken fingers. But I also didn't play a position that, like, required me to, like, hold a stick or to do all these other things. Like, I and, – and I also, like, don't think I would have played if – it was going to be detrimental to my long-term health or like if there was no chance of us even being competitive. I mean, I don't know. I just, it, it feels dumb. Well, and it's also like, I'm just thinking about my own hands. Like it's not like his, his <laughs> ring, his, my fancy manicured hands right now. Um, it's, it's not like he broke like one of his, his four fingers. Like, I can see him maybe trying to like power through with one of those, but your thumb, your thumbs, which is what separates us from the animals is (laughs) literally so crucial to the holding of a hockey stick and the ability to grip said hockey stick in a manner that would allow you to not even, I'm not even just talking about the face-off situation. I'm talking about in general using a hockey stick, which is, one would say, one of the most important parts of his job <laughs> is the ability to hold said hockey stick. And so the idea, and he may have just not thought it was as bad as it turns out to be, like, because I'm sure he's had plenty of injuries to his hands over the years. Like, he may have just been like, oh, it's probably a sprain or something. But I just, I don't understand the insistence to have him play through it. Or if he was being Mr. Macho and was like, oh, I'm just not going to mention it and see what happens. But... I think you can lead that to the difficulty. I mean, not entirely, but you can lead it to the difficulties that that line has had over the last couple of games. Yeah. So like, what, why, why are we doing this? Like, why are we risking, you know, permanent damage for certain situations? Like, yeah, it's, it didn't really hit me how stupid I felt that it was that he played until just now. <laughs> like, as we were recording it, like, I was like, wait, wait a damn minute. Like, like this doesn't make any sense. And so part of that, though, like, part of Boone's injury is, you know, Ken Johnson getting a chance on that top line. I think it's something that Blue Jackets fans have, have wanted to see for a period of time. But, but there really never was a scenario where it made sense to take Boone off of that first line. I mean... On most teams, if you if you said that Boone Jenner was going to be the first line center, you would look at me crazy. But it's just kind of worked. It's just kind yeah. of been up until these last couple of games. It's been 
a pretty yeah. solid situation for us. I don't think if you were looking at most any teams outside of us, maybe Anaheim or Arizona, um, like Philadelphia a little bit, but you would think that it was insane that he was your top line center. Not that he's not a great player. That's not what we're saying. But in the league full of extremely talented top line centers, Boone, first of all, isn't a natural center. And second of all, not a first line one. <laughs> that's, funny. that's the funny thing. And I think I've said this on the show before. This whole trope of like, Boone Jenner's natural position isn't center. We've literally only played him at center. And I know it's been out of necessity for like the last five years. So it's kind of become his natural position. I, Boone Jenner's a center. I, I, that's what I'm saying to everybody who says, whoa, he'd be better on the left wing. When is he going to get there? Never, because like, so <laughs> we're never gonna we're never gonna have the opportunity to move him back. Back, yeah. so he's just and he's adapt. He's incredibly adaptable, and he has been incredibly adaptable in this situation. And it's that kind of leadership and dedication which led him to being named the captain after Nick Foligno's departure. But it's just sometimes, and I know he likes to play through pain and through injury, but. Heaven for I mean, I know, uh, well, a thumb could take you out, but, like, let's not repeat last year where he played so long with intense issues with his back that he ended up being out for the later half of the rest of the season. Like, let's focus on keep, like, at least be healthy in a year full of just tumultuous injuries and other things, like, it's not worth it, baby, to, like, this season is not worth it to play through broken things and through intense pain. Like, just tell people and get your recovery process started as soon as possible, because correct, it's not worth it. Did you feel like you were maybe too mean to Boone? Is that why you started, like, being Yeah. Mean? Yeah, okay. Uh, <laughs> I could sense the overcompensation if you were saying that. But uh, Boone Jenner is not the only player who, you know, found himself on the Blue Jackets injury report on on Tuesday before the game, or on Monday, excuse me, before the game. And the other player, like you mentioned, Cole Sillinger, who was injured in his day-to-day after an injury in Boston. But that, I mean, obviously seems like it's going to be a little bit of a quicker return there for Cole, which is like a welcomed change of pace, because, I mean, that's just not usually how this game works. And so... We'll see what happens. So the Jackets did call up Josh Dunn. And, of course, there's a little bit of, like, a question mark here. So the Jackets skated on Monday morning, and it looked like Liam Foodie was coming in as part of this. And then, um, you know, Carson Meyer also uh, coming in off of the bench to to aid in filling our floor. <laughs> our, our lines because, obviously, uh, without Boone and Cole uh, – you need two more players. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. how that math works. Last time I checked. <laughs> and so uh, those players seem to be Liam Foodie and Carson Meyer. Well, then Josh Dunn gets called up. And by the time the game starts, Liam Foodie's out. Josh Dunn is in. And to me, that was like the biggest referendum on Liam Foodie. Like in terms of this situation, like I, I didn't make, it's not that it didn't make sense. I can kind of understand wanting to get some of the guys in Cleveland opportunities, but at the same time, Liam Foodie's right there. 
Right. At the same time, it goes back to the situation that we've been talking about with him over the last couple of games. And we addressed it last night on the live stream. But, like, what are we doing with Liam Foodie? Like, why are you keeping him in? And I understand, like, he maybe has none of them have had great seasons. Like, I don't, like, again, we're splitting hairs on this situation. But, like, I don't understand why we're continuing to keep Liam Foodie in this like limbo situation when he's right there and like it's it kind of doesn't i mean it's not like he's done anything that has made him like a super big like risk on the ice or like he hasn't been you know he hasn't done anything so egregious in the the minimal amount of ice time that he's had that in my opinion warrants this sort of situation where he keeps getting like he's literally stuck because they don't want to send him down to Cleveland to get legitimate ice time because they don't want to risk him getting picked up on waivers which again points to the fact that you know that he's talented in certain ways but you also know that you can't, you don't have the time or don't want to put in the time right now to like work on his lack of um, like progress or training. Like, so you're really just holding him here. Like, and you keep passing him up with other people. And so what are we doing? Like, I mean, why? it feels like. It feels like this ends in a trade. I just it's one of those things where like in order to to trade him, you have to let him play. You have to like let him show that he can that he can do this. Right. Because and so yeah. Continue. Sorry. Just, well, he just hasn't. Like he just like hasn't um like he just <laughs> hasn't been given the opportunity to show people what he can do. And I think like Obviously, I think he's going to get a chance. Like, with, with Chinny out, we'll get to that. But, I don't know. It's just going to be challenging to see, like, what they try to salvage out of him. Because it just doesn't feel like they're going to be able to. And, obviously, I hope I'm wrong. But, I don't think I don't know that I am. <laughs> well, and it's just frustrating, too, to, like, be doing this to him and keep needing to bring people up from Cleveland, which I understand. And you have to have scratched people just, like in case sort of scenarios but it's just frustrating in this manner where like yeah you're bringing up someone from cleveland who's been playing but so that's just going to be your excuse the whole time is like oh we brought up someone who's actually been playing regularly so we think he'd be a bigger a better fit to swap into whatever space we need to fill in the forwards and liam's just sitting here going the reason I haven't played is because you haven't let me like he's he's literally just like what kind of sense what kind of sense does this make as he's he's practicing with the team like other than like regular game time like he it's not like he's sitting there in the hotels or whatever you know eating bonbons and 
you know, and I'm not saying that he's like, again, a super huge asset or anything. It's just you're squandering his situation. And that's frustrating. And I'm, I'm very happy for Josh, Josh Dunn that he obviously got to swap in last night. He did not play half of the game because of the Chinnikov situation and needing to do an interesting version of Blue Jackets Boggle on the bench. But, you know, at least he got to play some. So I don't know. It, it's I'm frustrated. Yeah, I mean, I I hear you. Like, I get it. It feels like wasted wasted opportunity there with Liam Foodie, and and obviously we hope that changes. But for now, uh, we'll just we'll just wait to see. But but Laura, you know the one thing that never changes our capability of winning money on DraftKings. Yeah, I mean that's just gonna always and forever be constant because. Um, as you all know by now, hockey fans, you're going to light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays, combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPM, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only a DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPM, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So, yeah, to your point, though, Laura, obviously things got pretty uh, jumbled last night as a result of the Igor Chinnikov injury. If you haven't seen it yet, uh, you know, it's not like the kind of injury that I think would make you squeamish. Like it's not great, uh, but he he basically just gets rolled up on on the ice, and it didn't look good. And obviously, your your hope goes to like hopefully it's just like a sprain, and he didn't like tear anything in his knee, like an MCL or an ACL or whatever have you. And uh, I just don't. I just hope the luck of everybody else hasn't worn off on Igor Chinikov. That's what I'll say <laughs> in terms of like what this injury looks like for him, but. Kind of going to your point about like who played and who didn't as a result of that. I mean, Igor Chinikov played 37 seconds, so he was out there for a shift when he got hurt. But then uh, Josh Dunn had four minutes and 36 seconds. Josh Dunn was really the one that got lost in the in this equation last night. Uh, you know, everybody else kind of cycled in, uh, whether that was Marchenko getting up on the Nyquist and Roslovic line, or um, you know, kind of just that like. Sean Corrali, Matthew Olivier, Eric Robinson line kind of like reforming, but more so as a third line last night, just as a result of the injuries that, that occurred. So a fascinating use of, of players in that one. I mean, I can kind of understand it. I, I mean, the player who had the most ice time for the Jackets, I mean, it was not a defenseman, which feels weird. It was Johnny Goudreau. Johnny Goudreau had 23, oh, nope, line to you, 23.44. Uh, Patrick Line had 23.08, both of them with more time on ice than the first defenseman, which looks like it was Marcus Bjork. Nope. No, it was Erica Branson, which is a whole other issue. But. <laughs> <laughs> well, it did, it did seem like Johnny, and I think we even talked about this on the live stream, is that Johnny just seemed to be, we at first thought, at some point that Lars had really like swapped up lines because Johnny was on the ice with like 
people that didn't make sense. And like, cause I think Johnny was just so frustrated, so frustrated that I don't think he was ignoring when he was being called back to the bench, like for his shift to be over. But I think he was just like making it appear that he couldn't go back when called. Um, yeah. I think he might've been getting double shifted, honestly, like for, for him to play almost 24 minutes of ice time. I mean, like I, and on top of that, playing 24 minutes of ice time when the Jackets had one power play. Like, it would be different if you told me that the Jackets had, like, six power plays in this game. Mm-hmm. And that, like, players like Johnny Goudreau and Patrick Line, I mean, obviously their minutes go up in situations like that. If, if we've got a ton of penalty kills, you're going to look at the stat line and be like, why in the hell was Eric Robinson out there so much? Like, it's because, like, that's just, like, the role they play, right? So uh, that wouldn't have surprised me. But, yeah, for this game to be played 58 minutes of five on five, it was a little bit surprising. Yeah, and I it, it just seemed like so many acts of desperation. And I know, like, it's really hard. And again, not a coach, wouldn't even know how. Um, they don't care about my opinion. But it just seemed like so much more of a, a frantic situation to have, which I think speaks to Igor Chinnikov and what he's been quietly able to bring to the lineup in this uh, season. But it just seemed like such a more frantic circumstance of what they were going to do to fill his spot after he got injured so quickly in the game. But yeah, it was madness. It was just absolute mad. Like that first period was just pure chaos. Like we're trying to entertain these people on YouTube and even all of them are saying that like, cause the stars didn't exactly have a great game either last night. So it was two teams full of chaos just going at each other in the first period and nothing really seemed to make sense. So the only thing in my opinion that made sense last night was the, the two goaltenders who worked their butts off to maintain either like both of their own teams. And it just didn't end up on our, in our favor, unfortunately for Daniil Tarasov. Who played lights out? I mean, like, I am not going. Somebody asked us on the live stream how many goals would have been given up if Elvis were in net. And I'm not going to play that game on our Rude. <laughs> I know. Especially when I saw that question. I'm like, do I even show Laura that somebody asked this question? But before we even get into, like, that, I mean, like, just Tarasov was great. I mean, like, he was calm, cool, and collected. I mean, the second goal isn't even a goal against him. It's an empty net goal. And so... Which is also a weird situation where, like, the game-winning goal was an empty net goal. <laughs> like, which is, like, kind of backwards. But, but yeah, I mean, Ken Johnson is the one who's able to to make that game 2-1 but and give the Jackets some hope. But, really, I think the, the ultimate hope-bringer for that team last night was Daniel Tarasov. It was the first time this season, perhaps. And maybe, maybe I'm being a little bit dramatic. Maybe not the first time this season. But something that hasn't happened all year is, like, you look at a game and you think, our goaltending might steal us a game like, and, and, and that's no hate to, to Corby, to, to Elvis, but there just haven't been very many games where you look at the goaltending performance and you think, Oh, like our goaltending is the reason that we're here. Like, which is different from the past couple of seasons where our goaltending has been, the reason why we won certain games or why we didn't get blown out in certain games. Like, so this is a real twist of fate situation. Correct. Yeah. The Jaggeds, 
according to Money Puck, uh, 4.43 expected goals for the Dallas Stars. And uh, they only net. Now, I will say that is uh, all situations. Let me go on five on five. Uh, 396. So about four. Uh, I just wanted to get the empty net goal out of the equation there. So roughly about three goals saved above expected for Daniel Tarasov. I mean, those are the kind of games that that steal you wins. And I mean, this team, if you look at the analytics, and I, I know we hate to go there, Laura, but uh, thir- last I checked, 32nd in the league in terms of goals saved below expected, like worst in the league. And so to have a performance where your goaltender goes out, make saves that really he has no business making. I mean, there are just a ton of like two on one odd man rushes, um, you know, deflections in front of the net, just all these like redirections in, in the slot. Like there just were so many opportunities for Dallas in this game. And, and Daniil Tarasov came up big for the Jackets in a night where he needed to because, really, like, who the hell was playing hockey? Uh, and then that kind of ends up being the story. But, you know, the other piece of last night that I think is frustrating, at least to me, is we lose a forward, right? And there's a guy named Kirill Marchenko. I've heard of him. Yeah, once or twice. Where's number 86, <laughs> I think? Mm-hmm. 11 minutes of ice time. Yeah, he only played one shift in the third period. Like, what is that? Like, what is that? It's again, oh, God, which doesn't work anymore now that, I mean, it didn't work before, but it especially doesn't work now with Boone, Cole, and Igor Chinnikov out is this idea of like when we're struggling to really overplay veteran players, like essentially like players that have aren't new to the team this, I mean, this year. Is the most John Tortorella bullshit to me. Like it's like, oh, like we've got a bunch of young talent all out here. Like, do you know who I want to start in overtime? I want to start Nick Felino. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like it's just like what is going on? Like on a team where you have Patrick Lyon, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, Oh yeah. Like let's not, let's not play him right now. Um, That to me is what it feels like. It feels like when the jackets were just like constantly going back to all those like veteran forwards that I think ultimately like kind of caused that drift in the room where it was like Nick Foligno and Cam Atkinson and all these like coaches favorites being put in all these situations. And then players who probably deserve the ice time, like Patrick Lyon, Dubois, like, kind of like middle finger right and so i don't know i it just feels like i've seen this movie before what's the taylor swift lyric i think i've seen this film before and i didn't like the ending like that's how Mm -hmm. i feel about the way that the jackets are managing the roster right now well it reminds me i know that he uses this because of losses but it reminds me of our friend dennis and the groundhog day meme that he posts Mm-hmm. Like at, at, at most games now, because we are now in a four game losing streak. So, but I so think more so think of it about again, this doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. Like that's literally the definition of insanity. Like what, why are we doing this? Why in a, in, and especially for fans, which I'll get on, fans in a minute but like in a season where they seem to be like 
relatively okay with the idea of tanking. Like, why aren't we just throwing things out there? Like, why aren't we giving these people an opportunity if, and again, I don't know what management thinks and I have find it hard to believe that Yarmo would ever want to be like, yeah, we're just gonna tank it. Like I just, I, he doesn't seem like that kind of person to me. Like he is, he says every year, regardless of how well or good we've done that the goal is always the playoffs. So like, I don't feel like he's a person or that our management are people that would be like, yeah, we're going to just throw in the towel. But like, you should feel a little bit of freedom at this point because we're not going to make the playoffs. Like we're even further from the playoffs than we were at the start of the season. Like we're not (laughs) going like we're not going folks. Like unless a miracle happens, unless a Christmas holiday, whatever you believe in miracle happens we're not going to the playoffs. Correct. Yeah. Last like, year, last year was a weird year in in terms of like playoffs. In terms of like, because really, I mean, the eight teams in the East just like separated themselves really early and were just like pretty dominant. But yeah. But one hundred and two points was the total. Um, number of of points that the eighth seed had last year so if we look at the standings just to play a fun little aren't game. we aren't we only expected to get like 46 points or something like that no. well i mean if we keep playing like this no so <laughs> as of right now the jackets have 22 points in 31 games so in order to they, they need 80 points <laughs> in their next 51 games um oh god do you hear that folks games. that means we would have to win 40 of the next 51 games. Okay, yeah, this is the fun. So in order for the Jaggeds to make the playoffs, they would have to, and this is, we don't actually think this is going to happen. I'm just being funny. Um, mm-hmm. This is, they would have to play at a 129 game pace, or point pace. Like, in a regular season, if they had 129 points in the regular season, like, that's, like, record setting for this team. So it's not yeah. happening. It's funny. Here's my question to you, though, Laura. Like, going into last night, mm-hmm. what was the one thing as a Blue Jackets fan you were excited about? <sighs> what was the one thing about the circumstance last night that was, like, that'll be fun to watch? Did we talk about this and I'm just forgetting? No. No, this is me, like, just asking you, like, I'm hoping you give me the answer that I want. (laughs) Now I feel pressure that I'm not going to. Can you give me a a hint? It has to do with lineup. has to do with lineup. So I'm assuming... What? I said you're going to be mad at yourself. Go ahead. Oh, Kent Johnson centering. Yeah, that's Poo the Jenner, one. Thing. Not Blue Jenner, um, Johnny oh, yeah. and Patrick. Yeah, he's out of it. Um, that's the one thing that was exciting about last night is everybody was like, "Oh, you know what? This will be fun. Like, it'll be fun to go out there. It'll be fun to watch Ken Johnson center the two two of the most dynamic wingers in the league." Right? That'll be exciting. We can recreate that in other places, right? Like, we can do that in other spaces. It can be a matter of, oh, man, like, you know what? Like, that's awesome. Kromar on the second line, I can't wait to see the way that he plays with them. 
or oh Liam Foodie centering the second line, centering the third line. Like, what the hell? Why not? Like, let's just see how this works. That can be creative. That can happen more nights than just last night. And we just won't do it. <laughs> we just won't do it. And it doesn't make any sense to me. I no disrespect to Carson Meyer. I think his story is great. I think he's a really great player. I think he's going to be a really good role player in the league. I think he's going to be a fringe like AHL, NHLer for his career. And people make really great careers out of that. Matthew Olivier is one of those people. And so when I look at the time on ice last night and I see that Carson Meyer played more than Kirill Marchenko, I have a problem with that. Like, I, it doesn't make sense to me. Like, the the just – we I – <laughs> I want Brad Larson's like thought process printed out. Like I want to see it because like, like as in like his actual thought process, like as in it's going to look form. like JavaScript. It's going to look like just all sorts of befuddled and everything like that. But I, or maybe it's just going to be super simple. And it's going to be like play old guys. Like maybe that's just going to be all it says. Like maybe that's his entire thought process. Well, I don't know if you saw this, but someone made a meme the other day it might've been in the middle of the road trip that it was posted, but it was like, it was like a conversation kind of. And it was like, Yarmo, let's play the young guys. Lars. No. Um, other coaches like, let's play, let's see what these young guys uh, get to do. Uh, Lars. No fans. Super excited to see the, all these young talent on the ice. Lars. No, like, it's literally all of these like functional pieces of this franchise begging him to like give opportunities to these young players. And he just, again, like you said, it's some, I mean, we're going to get to torts in a second when we talk about tonight's game, but it's John Tortorella bullshit. Like I thought we were moving away from this. Like I thought we were trying to transition into the next phase of Blue Jackets hockey by moving away from that style of play where you're so focused on your veteran players. And yes, I know that I know that Johnny and in some ways Patrick, because even if he's even though he's so young, he's played a lot of NH NHL hockey. So like he is a vet a veteran player, but like and those are going to be key pieces of this rebuild. But what what is the point of us being, what, the second youngest team in the league, especially now that we have nine players on our active roster who have played less than 100 games in the yeah. NHL, seven of which have played less than 50? Like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Like, even with Cole, too, because I think, oh, this is where I think, too, that, like, I have a tendency in, in jobs and certain things that um, I'm in in my life where people, for some reason, there's something about my personality and about how I handle things that people oftentimes think that I have been in a role or in a situation much longer than I actually have been. So, like, circumstances become where, like, they just forget that I haven't experienced something or, like, I don't know how to do certain things because I just give off an air and sometimes a skill set of, like, knowing much more than I actually do. And I think for Cole, this is his second year in the NHL. Let's all remember this. 
because he holds himself in such a like mature, much more mature manner than his age would tell you. And like, he had such a successful rookie season. I sometimes think that the coaching staff thinks that he is a veteran player and they're just like, Oh, he's fine. Like he'll work it out. No, he is still very much so green in this league. And I think from his development standpoint, they're not doing what they need to do with Cole either. Like, why aren't we giving him some other opportunities to move up and down in the lineup? Like, why are we keeping him, like, in these situations? Maybe he's not, yes, the kid line has been doing well, but maybe that's not the best option right now. Like, maybe his youth and experience can be moved up to like to the second line to see what happens like why are we floundering all of these people and just focusing on like one or two of the young players and just sort of letting the rest of them squander around well and it's not even like i and it happened earlier in the week i think and i don't know if it was against boston or the game prior but I don't mind keeping the kid line together if they're playing more minutes. Like if they have like mm. a bigger role, like that actually just makes sense to me. Obviously like with Chinnikov's injury, like I like don't know how much he'll like sub into that equation of like these young players playing together and, and playing meaningful minutes. But yeah, I mean, I, I think you're exactly right. I mean, like to your point about like the nine players playing under a hundred games, like, Cole Cylinder's not in that list. Like, that's the other piece of it, too, right? Like, Cole Cylinder on this team is, like, to your point, kind of kind of vet status. And I think he's kind of getting treated like that in some cases. And, and the expectation is higher. I, yeah, I mean, I want him to break out of the sophomore slump more than anybody. I just, and I think the way to do it is just, like, to play through it. Like, to, like, not play through it, like, in the way that you're saying of, like, brush it off, it'll be fine. But, like, intentionally give him more ice time to to give him the opportunity to play through it to work through some things so we've got a lot of thoughts and feelings that i'm sure are going to continue to to migrate and and even develop some might say which uh unintended there uh, over the course of the next you know few months of the season and so uh we're always happy to give you that feedback and that all of our thoughts for all the blue jackets brass that listens to this show but but yeah so got Philadelphia tonight um, as we're recording this and as you're probably listening to this. So the Jackets will obviously help to break their losing streak against uh, the Flyers. I mean, on paper, uh, you know, a very similar situation. The Flyers also dealing with a ton of injuries, also potentially dealing with some drama with Kevin Hayes. So, you know, it's going to be fascinating to see what version of Philadelphia we get. It's going to be interesting to see what version of the Blue Jackets we get. My assumption is that Liam Foodie subs in. And if not, I'm going to lose my mind. Uh, Justin Richards comes up like after having signed Justin Richards signed a contract, by the way, everybody uh, he has played well for the monsters this year. He's the son of Todd Richards uh, grew up going through the, the AAA Jackets program had six goals, 11 assists, 17 points in 23 games for the monsters. He's played well enough. Um, 
I don't even know if this is necessarily like a sign him to like be able to bring him up at some point. I'm sure it is to some extent, but the other piece of it too is, you know, there are also players down in Cleveland that like still like fit that, fit that description of players who like could deserve a call up before him. I think like Emil Bemstrom, like a Trey Fix Wolanski. So we'll see where it goes, but but yeah. So I'm assuming that Liam Foodie subs in. We'll see what I mean. Elvis is probably going to start. Like I don't understand that. Like it would not make sense to to start Terry back to back. I mean, especially after all the work that he had to do last night. And so it'll be interesting to see what version of this Columbus team we get. It'll be interesting to see if John Tortorella benches Kevin Hayes again. Like I'm just like excited for all the drama. Yeah, we're definitely going into like a very interesting situation, and I think we're going into two very like desperate. I mean, I don't. I'm not familiar up to date on what the last few games for Philadelphia have been Not great. just just like the drama that's happening with with Kevin Hayes obviously um but I think it's gonna be two very desperate teams facing off against each other I mean especially us because again we are on a four game losing streak currently and the idea of extending that to five, um, I think for fans is nightmarish, um, but also for the team. I don't think that their morale with all these additional injuries and stuff, like I don't think losing a fifth game in the row is really going to be great um, for just their like general attitudes and whatnot. I mean, Maybe if it does happen, heaven forbid, like, and because they have two days off in between the next time we play, maybe that lights like a weird fire again. But I'm also afraid that it's just going to make them like complacent and just like sort of sitting in their frustration and sitting in their sadness about it. Um so yeah, I think it's it's gonna be interesting mm-hmm. um, seeing what happens. And Laura, in the last ten games, only only two teams have picked up less points than the Blue Jackets. Only two. Is that but, Philadelphia and Anaheim? No, neither of those teams. The Blue Jackets have picked up oh. less points in the last ten games than both Anaheim and Philadelphia. Oh, are okay. Um, I don't know any other teams that are like going through it right now. So the Blackhawks, um, the Blackhawks are one uh, and nine in the last ten. Uh, they've yeah. lost a lot. They, they're on a seven-game losing streak. Uh, and then oddly enough, <laughs> the Detroit Red Wings. Really? Yeah, I was shocked too. The Detroit Red Wings in their last ten games are two, five, and three. So they've picked up five points in ten games. The Jackets have picked up six. So I, yeah, I was just look, gonna make a point about. Even even with as bad as the Flyers seem to have been in the last ten games, like they're still they're still chugging along at a better pace than the Jackets, which makes no sense. But but yeah, so we'll see. And then I mean, things you should get two wins here. Like I mean, like in theory, right? Like Philadelphia is like fifty fifty. If you don't win in Chicago on the twenty third, if that game even happens, by the way, with like the weather that's like coming into the central, like to the like area on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, then that'll be a whole thing. But 
But we'll see. I was just so bummed that that game on against Chicago on on the twenty third is on the twenty third because me living only two and a half hours from Chicago, I wanted to go to the game against Chicago so bad, but like timing was not right. God, I mean, again with the weather situation, like I'd be so afraid. Like there's so many wives and girlfriends right now that are like, if you get fucking snowed in in chicago and aren't home for christmas like right (laughs) the wrath that will incur like with all of these you know because uh, yes it is part of being the partner of a professional athlete unfortunately in in who plays over the winter holidays but yeah i don't think that there will be very many um happy campers if we end up getting snowed in in chicago for christmas um sounds whimsical but it's not <laughs> sound whimsical that's a good point um so obviously and and corby might be healthy by then corby might be good to go by that point we'll keep an eye on that adam boquist is still kind of like skating on this like fourth pair with with um Gavin Bayrou there just kind of like trying to to get ready and in, in, into game shape and so maybe that'll happen against his former team in Chicago I can't remember with how often he's hurt if he's made his debut back in Chicago since he got traded they only play there once a year it's possible that he hasn't I might go back and look at last year's uh game log against Chicago just to see but yeah well <laughs> it'll be it'll they'll play hockey they will they will play hockey you missed my air quotes. <laughs> Laura, what else is on your Blue Jackets radar uh, that we maybe haven't covered or that, um, you know, you wanted to throw in into the mix? I think this is a conversation for our next episode, because if he does start tonight, I want to see that and be able to compare it to certain things. But I do think we're going to need to address in our opinion, anyway, we don't need to address anything, but like, I think for conversationally, like we need to talk about this situation with our goaltenders and what's going on, what is going to happen. Like, and I will try and be less emotional about it because I want to be fair too. And I'm not, and not be super homery about it because I'm not going to say that there's not an issue with Elvis. Like, there is an issue. I just don't know how we move forward with this. Because as you'll say, I'm sure the conversation is his contract isn't going anywhere. Because first, well, no, I'll save that part of it for when we talk about it. But his contract <laughs> isn't his contract isn't going anywhere. He also has a very strict no move clause in his contract. So like, it's really not going anywhere. So we need to figure out the situation, but I want to see him play tonight and see how having three games, like where he is the backup, how that affects him tonight. And then we can have a discussion on our next episode. But other than that, I mean, I know I said it on the live stream, but I feel like I need it to be recorded in, in permanent history. Um, just my sadness over and the irony of this situation, my sadness over the flyers announcing yesterday that Cam Atkinson will be out for the remainder of the season and is tomorrow having uh, neck surgery. And by the multiple 
articles that I ran to read yesterday after the announcement, the term career, possibly career ending was not great. Um, and I think the weird irony of all of that is that we're also looking at the person who we got in return for Cam's trade, Jakob Borchek, also being out for the rest of the season and yeah. also dealing with a potentially career ending um, concussion. So I just, I hope for both of them that these situations are not the two very dynamic um, and gifted players on the ice. Um, I have also already apologized in advance for if Cam's is in that situation. We won't know for a while, like obviously, but I apologize to Jeremy in advance for the emotions that will be expressed if Cam can no longer play hockey. Yeah, we're so. gonna have to um, we're gonna have to take that one off air. I think if <laughs> if Cam Atkinson is is done for the career, but uh, obviously that is not the hope. The hope is that that surgery will will put him back on the ice and he'll be able to be uh, you know a member of that club moving forward after the season. So. Laura, I think that just about does it for our show today. You've queued us up for, I think, what's going to be a riveting episode. That could, that, that'll be great on Friday. So we'll talk goalies uh, on that episode on Friday. But, um, Laura, we're going to have a game to talk about tonight. Uh, we're we're going to be tweeting and, and all that kind of fun stuff. I'm sure of it. And so, Laura, I'll throw it to you to let the good folks know where they can find us. Yeah, you can follow us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at SubjectivelyPod. You can follow us on Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube at Subjectively Speaking. If you want to, as you all know, learn more about us or just get all the links to all the things that I'm talking to you about right now, you can check out our website, subjectivelyspeaking.com. It is the holiday season. I can almost 100% guarantee you won't get it in time for Christmas, but if you want to use some of your Christmas money... Or like if you have some remaining money in your Christmas spending budget and you want to treat yourself or someone you love to uh, some subjectively speaking merch and support your two favorite hockey podcasters in the same breath, you can check out our merch store, subjectivelyspeaking.com. Or no, so, sorry. Ooh, subjectivelymerch.com. So, okay, you can find it there too. You can get the you link can find You can find the link to the merch store on our website. But yes, it's subjectivelymerch.com. And then lastly, you can rate, review, and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. Particularly if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, scroll on down, hit five stars. It is our favorite number. And as I always say, we have absolutely no idea how these algorithms work. We just know that ratings, reviews, subscriptions, stars, likes, whatever, all helps us get noticed in the hockey podcast charts and helps to grow our lovely little community. But other than that, we just love and appreciate you all so much. Stay warm, if particularly if you're in the uh, Midwest. We're about to have some snowy, cold situations. Yeah, it's not going to be a good time, but we'll manage. We'll get through it together. Stay warm. You can cuddle up uh, with your favorite glass of hot chocolate and listen to listen to our episodes. That'll be how you stay warm on Friday. Yeah, our, our episode's going to be great Blizzard material if it comes. So uh, definitely check that out when it comes out. But until then, just make sure you take care of each other, take care of yourselves, and we will talk to you very soon. Bye.